just we just need to clean. So I need some moppers, I need some cleaners, and there's plenty for everybody to do, okay? And don't say, well, man, I can't do that. Well, you just come and be a moral support. Brother Jim emailed me the other day. He said, Preacher, I can't move the pews. I said, well, I need a supervisor. Come supervise. <laughs> so, so uh, what's that? I don't know. What did I say? But his mind's in the gutter, isn't it, back there? Well, I say, well, somebody go pray with that elder back there and get him straightened up. Praise God. Or either have him turn his hearing aid up. All right. Very good. Any other announcements we need to make for moral support today? Praise God. Anybody? All right. We want to have, give Dan plenty of time. Now, this chair is, is up for bids, so who wants to sit in it today? You're going to have to put a big offering in. No, I'm just Dan. Morning, church. I will say before we read the scripture and get into true worship that this is an opportunity unlike I've ever had where I have one Sunday where everybody, just about everybody, has a folding chair. So uh, you never know what's going to happen during greeting time, so be ready during worship, all right? Just kidding, for those of you getting ready to walk out. So I'm just teasing, but it's one Sunday in my life that everybody's sitting in a folding chair, and he just scooted over to one that can't fold. That's good. Good move. <laughs> Read with me. Let's all stand and read God's Word together. Psalm 100, the whole thing, all five verses. Phenomenal stuff. There's four key words here. We've been talking about the action words in Scripture. Uh, it's shout, worship, know, and enter as we read this, and it's pretty exciting stuff. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. My only desire this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is that we do just that. We just thank Him and praise Him and hopefully do it in such a way that He enjoys it. Not you and I necessarily, although we should be worshiping in joy. Amen.
One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. Lord, we thank you for being here. We praise you. Lord, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth and to open our hearts, God, to receive what you would have for us today. Maybe it's a blessing. Maybe it's a rebuke. Maybe it's a challenge. But God, help us to be open to you through our brothers and sisters and through our time with you to walk away from here different than when we walked in. Your son's awesome name. Amen. And like usual, uh, you can stay standing and you can sit if you want to. Or you can move a chair. <laughs> but not next week. Can't do that next week. All right. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its word. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh. How I love Jesus, because He first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love, who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, We're going to do verse 3 here and then have some fun, a little bit of fun with it. This is our greeting song, but we're not going to shake hands quite yet. But uh, guys, if you were standing before the woman you love, or ladies, if you were standing before the man you love, and you were looking at that person and you said, I love you, I love you, and you wanted, to, you wanted them to believe what you were saying, how would it look? I'm not, you don't have to answer me. I just want you to think about that. We're standing here in church, of all places, and we're telling... Jesus that we love him right well how would that look to him see he's not looking at my face he's not looking at my pretty face he's not looking at my body he's not looking at anything but my heart so when I'm saying I love you Jesus whether you sound good or not it's irrelevant whether you look good to me or not is irrelevant but we're telling him it's an old hymn been here forever it's older than most of us are but oh how I love Jesus let me put it this way if you don't love Jesus don't sing it. But if you do love Him and you want to have a relationship with Him, regardless of where you are with Him, just sing it out. And as you open your heart to Him, He will bless you. 
by giving you some, some understanding that you might not have had before. All right, third verse. It tells me what my Father has in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved... Well, shake some hands. the hall over here we have kids involved in what they're calling i church which stands for interactive and so what we're going to do is get a little bit interactive here we've been doing that for a few minutes but i'd like you to look to the person to your left or right we have oh how i love jesus oh how i love jesus oh we say it three times i want you to look at three different people as we sing the chorus again and just tell them you just tell them okay so when I the first one, I want to see all heads turning somewhere else besides here. The second one, turn a different way. The third one, turn behind you or whatever, and just tell each other that you love Jesus. All right, here we go. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. Now, if you're honest, how many of you felt very uncomfortable doing that? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? We're, we're looking at brothers and sisters who are going to spend eternity with him. We're, un, excuse me, we're uncomfortable telling them that we love Jesus. Ooh, ooh. All right, we're going to try something new with this song just because it's fun. It's off the cuff once again. How many of you have heard this one before, before this morning? Anybody? <laughs> that was a hand question. All right. A lot of times I say that and you'll respond and say, you just heard it. So why did you say you've never heard it before? All right. But uh, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to say, oh, church, do you love Jesus? And then what you're going to do, you're going to say, oh, yes, we love Jesus. And I'll say, do you really love Jesus? And you'll say, yes, we really love Jesus. And then I'll say, uh, what do I say? 
See, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Tell me why do you love Jesus? And you go, here's why we love Jesus. Then we go into the chorus, because he first loved me. You ready for that? I'm asking you questions, and since you're uncomfortable looking at each other, you can look up here and do that. All right. All right. Tell me, church, do you love Jesus? Yes, we love okay, Jesus. Okay, now that's a question, so you got to respond together. Okay. All right. Here. Tell me, church, do you love Jesus? Oh, yes, we love Jesus. Do you really love Jesus? Yes, we really love Jesus. Tell me, why do you love Jesus? Here's why we love Jesus. Because He first loved Let's try that one more time. A little more vigor in the response. Okay. All right, here we go. Tell me, church, do you love Jesus? Yes, we love Jesus. Do you really love Jesus? Yes, we really love Jesus. Tell me, why do you love Jesus? Here's why we because he first loved me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. I sing praises to your name. Praises to your name, O oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, O oh Lord, praises to your name, O oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly.
most gracious Lord, no tender voice like thine can peace afford. sheet if you'd find that in your bulletin let me mention a couple of those to you this morning uh, uh, Brian to update on your mom still waiting for the for the blood to dissolve and okay keep praying for Elnor Caleb uh, also Dorothy Brandstetter still in the ICU fourth floor St. Francis I'll be praying for her and uh, as far as I know they still have the respirator uh, on her but she is more alert every day and uh, she's trying to talk so uh, I hope they get that out soon so she can talk. I told Brother Ralph, I said, there could be a hidden blessing in there. He said, ooh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> so so uh, be praying for Ralph also. But uh, obviously there is some progress, and so we just praise the Lord for that. Uh, Brother Lou is here this morning. And uh, look at him. I'm, I'm scratching you off, brother. I'm just scratching you off. I'm putting a line through your name because you're already here. So I don't have to, you're off the list. No, keep praying for Lou. Strength for him to regain his strength, but praise the Lord, he is better. And uh, he told the doctor last Monday, he said, I'm getting out by Friday. The doctor said, oh, I see. How's, how come that? And he said, I have tickets to the OU Tulsa game, and I'm going. So there he went. <laughs> so 
It was kind of ugly watching him roll down the 11th Street in that gown, but he was gone, I'll tell you. <laughs> Praise God. Created quite a stir out there. Yeah, not, not quite that bad. Uh, Cherry, Dad, progressing along? Okay. It's healing up the good, good, good. good. Well, we're just praying for the heal, the broken thing right now. So okay, and uh, uh, Sheila Kim, update. I would imagine just ongoing. Ongoing, okay. I don't think that they. There's there's days she has good days. Most of the days are not good days. Okay. And I wouldn't see her be going back to work right away. Okay. Well, let's keep Kim in our prayers and. Uh, Keep her lifted up. Sarah's progressing well, well on her recovery, and uh, she's staying off her knee okay. And good deal. So keep her in your prayers. Morgan does not have to have surgery; just rehab. So, and uh, so we praise the Lord for that answer to prayer. Yes. the doctor's office can, hopefully the doctor can help you with that too so all right keep that in prayer because that is quite a quite a shock right, is there anyone we need to mention this morning anybody terry open heart surgery next week uh, he's probably three his name's alec badger alec badger 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 and Alec is three years old? He's probably three years old. And, and you said open heart, sir? Open heart. Wow. Okay. Let's be praying for him. No. Uh, Stephanie Moore, I have not down in Florida. I need to call them this week and check on her. Thanks for reminding me of that. She's having problems with sinus infection. Yes. Yeah, so she's out of town this weekend, oh, okay. um, so she is better. She's better, yes, okay. she is better. Claudia Nelson uh, had real bad sinus. A lot of that was going around the last few weeks, so keep her in your prayers. Some of you are battling it right now, so I understand. Any others we need to mention? Yes. Sheila, go ahead. I just want to mention that I believe you can take Doy off because okay. he's doing so much better. Well, praise he's, God. He's All back right. in church, and he's going to start his teaching class I'd just like to wipe Wednesday. all these off if I could. <laughs> so. Yeah. Great. Praise the Lord. Good. Good. Yes. Keep Jennifer in her prayers. She's mm-hmm. staying 24 hours this uh, semester, and a lot of her classes have just projects she has to do, and it's, it's starting to wear down on her. But this is her last semester of classes and all. So. All right. Jennifer Darling, let's keep her in our prayers. Well, let's pray for Jennifer. God will. Yeah, she doesn't have Okay. Let's keep her well. Let's pray for her to stay well. All right. Anyone else? Janice, what's the latest for you? Any any report back from your stress test? Okay. No. This week, is it? No, it's October the 12th, I believe you told me, for the uh, lung. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They're going to do a, um, 
I don't know what they're going to do. Okay. Some kind of test. Going to do some check they're, on your lungs. This lung right here, okay. my right lung. Okay. In the uh, in about October the 12th, somewhere in there. Okay. So be praying for Janice. Uh, around October 12th, going to have one of her her uh, either right lung. They're going to check check it for uh, efficiency and make sure it's full of air and it's still there. I guess. No, I'm just teasing. Had a, had a heart stress test this week also. Not results haven't gotten back yet. So be praying for her in that regard. Anyone else? We need Mr. Jim. I was going to say I had a report from my doctor in uh, St. Louis from a neuropathy this last week, and uh, after a lot of gibberish, she said there wasn't anything they can do for me. All right. So it's up to the Lord now if I'm going to get any relief. All right. The neuropathy in his legs and your feet, I understand it. I got it. <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience. So keep Jim in your prayers. It, uh, you, can't, you can't go very long. You can walk a little ways, but it just pretty soon you're done. That's it. Okay. Anyone else? Anybody else? All right. Let's take the hand of the one closest to us. That's our pattern here, and let's uh, pray together. Father, we thank you so very much for your watch care over us. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the answers to prayer that we see and have seen and will continue to see. Father, I thank you especially for our, our reach out to our children and our young children. Uh, so, so many have stepped in and are willing to help uh, uh, just make our children's program such a viable ministry, and I thank you for them. And, Father, it, it's, it's through the eyes of our little guys that we're going to see you. So, Father, I thank you that, that uh, that's being addressed. And, Father, I thank you that you're raising up people that will help and volunteer to help uh, while we're in between youth ministers. And so, Father, I just thank you for their, their desire and their help. Father, just bless those that have been mentioned this morning. Touch each of them in a special way, the way you know how. And, Father, you know what's best in each of their lives. Uh, we don't. Uh, we're, we're bound by the uh, boundaries of this, this side of heaven. But you know all. You see all. You handle all things. And so, Father, we must lean on you in our times of un, uneasiness, our unrest. And, Father, yet we do pray, and we pray earnestly for the healing of these people. We believe that you can heal them. And so, Father, we ask that that healing might come. And, Father, we just pray that you will be so very real to each and every person that's been mentioned today. Thank you for the answers to prayer that we've seen just this morning. Thank you that Brother Lou is sitting here in our midst. Thank you that Doy is doing so much better and is back teaching in church. Thank you, Father, that you are just who you are. Thank you that Sherry's dad is healing properly. Uh, thank you, Father, for just watching over Dorothy Brandstetter. It's such a joy to see her eyes open, and she's trying to talk. So, Father, could you uh, help her body so that they can get that respirator off? And, uh, Father, I, I know she's got so much to say. And, Lord, I just thank you for that opportunity to get to hear her voice again. I'll be with uh, Dan and the Regaby family and uh, with the insurance companies. And, Father, perhaps it's just a code number that didn't get coded right or something. But, Father, would you intervene in that so that the insurance will truly take care of the injury and the surgery? And, Father, help her body to heal as well. And, Lord, today would you do a spiritual healing in each person that's in this room. Father, would you do what you need to do in each of us as we allow you to do that. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say. For all 
see so much happening and so many good things happening. Amen? I just am overwhelmed with this carpet. Terry, thank you so much. Gosh, it just, it's wonderful, isn't it? And the floors in the back and uh, we've got a few other things to do, but boy, it's just all coming together so, so well. And uh, when the gentleman called Friday, the freight company, to say he was going to deliver the chairs tomorrow, I said, well, and I wasn't sure on Friday how where we would be. I said, uh, I said, uh, well, I may not can unload the trailer just yet. He said, hey, I'll just leave it there, and you can just unload it when you need to unload it. I said, well, what extra charge would that be? He said, there'll be no extra charge. He said, no problem. Isn't that neat? So we may just keep the trailer. I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. <laughs> no, we want to get those chairs out. And uh, By the way, at the end of the service, Jeff, uh, we want to roll that, we're going to roll that cart uh, chair dolly out here. And if y'all would help us, we're just going to try to get the stair, chair stacked again and hung up on there. So all the brown ones, just, just stack them against the wall because they don't hang up there very well at all. So just a heads up there. What we were going to do today, which would have been fun, was give you a bulletin and say, welcome, here's your bulletin, and grab you a chair. <laughs> but my wife didn't think that was a good idea, so we set our chairs up. So I want to share with you a little bit about CICM. We're in our Missions Emphasis Month. We've talked about... Um, Cooks and Hills last week, and today I want to talk about CICM. And uh, uh, what Brother Jack said was so true this, just a while ago about our giving is that your giving does impact people. I emailed Ray Murphy, uh, who was here in June, and uh, challenged us about the Bibles for Emmanuel. Do you remember? And that day, that day, we, we needed to take up uh, uh, $800. That day, we took up about 200 I mentioned it to you again, and we took up enough to cover $900 for Bibles. Dear Brother Ray, yes, we were able to deliver the Bibles, New Testaments, tracts, and other books needed for Brother Emmanuel. 
This has been done two weeks after we received the information and as soon as the money arrived in the bank. Brother Emmanuel is very happy and grateful for this help. This has helped greatly in his ministry, especially the ministry among the young people and high school plus college students. He has a youth gathering every Wednesday, and, and this has been a big help. Please thank the whole congregation and the missions team at Jinx on behalf of the Ministry of Central India Christian Mission with grateful heart, A.J. Law. I wanted you to know that. So we're impacting young people, and if you change young people for Christ in India, you will change India. That's the key. You want to you want to change the Muslim radicals, then you change the young people among the Muslim faith, and you'll change the radicalism associated with it. All right. Now, got a nice letter from AJ. Uh, dear friends at River Oaks Christian Church, thank you for sharing your part, uh, your prayers and resources with Central India Christian Mission. You have faithfully supported Brother Emmanuel Namro, his family, his ministry for the past five years. You have generously provided Bibles for him to share with his congregation and with many seekers. A few years ago, you gave funds for his motorcycle. You have helped build a church building in the area where Brother Namro ministers, and we are thankful to God for providing wonderful partners such as you. Central India Christian Mission is preparing this to celebrate our 25th anniversary. It is amazing to see how God is working in Central and Northern India, uh, Bhutan, Nepal, and Bangladesh. This is only possible because of the Lord's blessings and because of our faithful partners such as our brothers and sisters at River Oaks Christian Church. On behalf of Brother Emmanuel, we express our deep gratitude to you because you have taken a personal interest in helping provide for many of his ministry needs. We look forward to our continued partnership with your congregation. We ask that you keep Brother Emmanuel and his ministry in your prayers. And in the midst of persecution and threats, our dedicated evangelists continue to boldly proclaim the gospel. Knowing that many Christians in America are praying for them is a source of great encouragement as they face challenging situations. We thank you for your love, concern, and participation in the ministry of Central India Christian Mission. And your co-workers, uh, A.J. and Indu Law. Just a very nice letter. Uh, from them to us, to you as a congregation, thanking you for what you're doing. Uh, what does Central India Christian Mission do? Well, I've got this brief overview I want to share with you. By way of evangelism, India has a population of over 1.2 billion, making it the second most populous country in the world. The dominant religion is Hinduism, claiming the allegiance of 84% of the population. Islam claims another 12%, while only 3% profess any form of Christianity. Regarding the gospel, Central and Northern India rank among the most unreached places in the world. And CICM is reaching eight major districts of Central India with evangelistic efforts with a team of over 250 preachers and evangelists. They do church planting. CICM has established more than 470 churches in remote urban or tribal areas, small villages, towns, and major cities. These churches have over 140,000 members and are spread over central and northern India, the northeast India, Bhutan border area, Nepal, and Bangladesh. Over 250 trained evangelists, preachers, and leaders are involved in all of these church planting ministries. They also provide leadership training. Since the doors to foreign missionaries are closed, uh, almost closed in India, it's imperative to train native leaders. The leadership training ministry is provided at Central India Bible, uh, Biblical Academy. The year-long course begins with five months of intensive classroom training at CIBA, followed by internships in the surrounding villages and towns the remainder of the year. 
CICM provides short-term leadership training to many church leaders, including youth and women's ministries. Uh, they also are involved in medical evangelism with the partnership of Fellowship of Associates of Medical Evangelism. Uh, CICM operates a 35-bed hospital, a 15-bed mother and child care center, and a dental clinic in Damo. A 15-bed village clinic serves the tribal population of Kanza, about 50 kilometers from Damo. In addition, FAME provided a mobile medical unit with which the staff conducts clinics in surrounding villages. Also involved in children and youth ministry. Ministry to needy children is a vital part of CICM's ministry. CICM helps over 2,200 children on a regular basis by providing food, clothing, educational fees and supplies, medical care, and spiritual guidance. All of the children are from areas where churches have been established, thus allowing consistent oversight by the local evangelists or other church leaders. And I want to also mention to you about our Sponsor a Child program. We have brochures on the table just by the door. If you're interested in doing that, pick up one of those brochures, mail it in. $15 a month you can support a young person in India, and it, it literally covers so much of their life needs. And uh, would encourage you to get involved in that uh, ministry in your own, maybe as a family mission. That you as a fa I'm telling you, you can't go to McDonald's as a family of three or four for less than 15 bucks. There's just no way. If you can, then you're all eating Happy Meals. <laughs> but most of us don't eat Happy Meals. We're happy with the meal, but we're not on a Happy Meal. So take one night and skip McDonald's and give it to support a kid over in India, all right? Also, they're involved in emergency disaster relief in partnership with uh, uh, IDES, which is the International Disaster Emergency Service, uh, ministry. They provide and help victims of natural disasters like earthquakes, floods, drought, and famine. Also, they're in, involved in literature ministry. There is an urgent need for Christian literature to meet the dual need of evangelism and discipling. Um, a a bi-monthly Christian magazine has a circulation of about 2,500 that they produce. Uh, the first ever children's pictorial Bible in Hindu has been produced and widely distributed. The laws have both uh, written several books. The laws have for use in leadership training. So literature ministry. And lastly, they're involved in media ministry. Since our over 40% of the India's adult population is illiterate, CICM prepares and distributes over 2,500 audio cassettes every year as a means of reaching those who cannot read. And in addition, cassette players are provided for those in the most remote uh, and tribal areas of, of the central province. Sermons and lessons are featured but recordings are also made of all major CICM seminars and rallies. The Bible Correspondence Course is also handled by that media ministry. So as you can see, there's a lot going on with the ministry of Central India Christian Mission. I have some uh, handouts that I will have back on the back table at the end of the service. Be sure and just grab one. There's the, they're, uh, they're a yellow sheet like this. So just grab those and take them and read them and uh, inform yourself, be involved with the ministry of CICM. Uh, Mick Cronodal is our local church contact person with them. So uh, trust me, if you have a question about CICM, Brother Mick is the guy to ask. He does a wonderful job. The way our missions team works is that uh, Brother Jeff uh, Zoller, who's the deacon of that group, he is uh, trying to recruit different folks in the church who will be on the mission team with them. And they then in turn select one of the missions of the three that we support now to stay up with and stay in contact with. 
and Mick is uh, that person for our church, and he does a wonderful job and grateful for the work that he does for that. All right, any other questions about CICM comments? Mick, you want to make a comment, or you just want me to preach? All right. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Great. Thank you for thank you for mentioning that. And we have a, a DVD that they sent us. If you would be interested in borrowing that and taking it home and looking at it, we'd be glad to put that in your hands. And uh, we, we sure will. So just let Mick know or myself know. I'm going to give all this material that I got to Mick so he'll have it. And uh, if you need anything related to CIC and more information, let us know. We have posted on the missions board over there uh, personal testimony of Emmanuel and his wife and uh, also some uh, updated pictures of uh, A.J. and his family so that you can be praying for them. All right. There's a picture up there on the, on the screen. It's a pretty full trash bag that I want to represent. I'm just going to, Jeff, just leave it up there for, for a little bit. It's going to represent today sin. That's what sin is. A lot of trash. Okay? But before we go too much further, let's hold our Bibles up. Some of you are looking for that pew Bible, aren't you? <laughs> It'll be under the chair next week, hopefully. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. The powerful Word of God. It can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, would you speak to me? In Jesus' name, amen. Give your neighbors a high five or pound them or whatever you do over there. Sin is a really funny thing. It's crystal clear that we've all got sin. If you believe you don't have sin, we probably should talk after service. And it's really funny when people act like sin isn't there. Our sins really mess a lot of things up. Sin messes relationships with others. It messes our relationship up with God. Sins wreak havoc in our lives. Sin is like throwing a bouncy Super Bowl into a china shop. It may not touch everything, but it's going to make an impression on whatever it comes in contact with. But the good news is that we can get rid of sin if we want to. We can get rid of sin in our life. God's awesome. He's powerful. And He's made a provision for us, and He's promised that He'll take it away. Any of you know 1 John 1, 9 by memory? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to... Say it out loud. Cleanse us. Now I'll say it. And do what? I'll give you the word. It's cleanse us, okay? Cleanse us. You ready? And He'll do what? Cleanse us. Oh, man, y'all are powerful Bible, Bible memorizers out there. He'll cleanse us from how much sin? Oh, boy, you catching on. All sin. That's right. So Brother Markham said, Preacher, I want you to come preach. I said, I love to come preach. Because you see, in the black congregation, they talk back to you like you're doing. I went up there a few years ago. Remember? Some of you went with me and we preached. And I was preaching out of uh, uh, 1 Timothy 4. And I said, Now, you're not going to like this. And some guy in the back, he said, Say it anyway. <laughs> 
I said, are you sure? He said, yes. So I said it. And he says, you're right. Don't say it no more. So I, I, I never will forget that. But man, that's like throwing raw meat to a dog. I just kept preaching. I thought, man, at least I got two of them wanting to hear. Hey, praise God. But our sins are much like this bag of sins in this picture. Our sins are much like that. We carry them around. They become burdens. You ever tried to take out trash in a big old bag? Sometimes it's hard to get out. Sometimes it's leaking. Sometimes there's stuff that's been in there that you forgot you threw in the bottom that's rotted and it stinks. That's the way sin is. You just kind of, it just hangs in there and it smells after a while. And it becomes burdensome after a while. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He's talking about heavy burdens like sin. Sometimes it's unconfessed sin. Sometimes it's sin that we just can't get over, even though those sins have been forgiven. I think it's very interesting that some people don't want to be helped. They just don't want to be relieved of their sin. It reminds me of the three guys who stumbled into a faith healing church service. The speaker seemed incredibly effective in providing relief for the things that were afflicting people. It just so happened that he walked to the back pew where these three men were sitting. And when they got over their astonishment and they settled down enough to speak, the first guy said and asked humbly, Sir, I've suffered from back pain ever since I took shrapnel in the Vietnam War. Could you help me? Of course, my son, the man said. And he touched the man's back. He felt relief for the first time in years. second man, who wore very thick glasses and had a hard time reading and driving, asked the healer if he could do anything about his eyesight. The pastor smiled, removed the man's glasses, tossed them into the baptistry. And when they hit the water, the man's eyes cleared and he could see everything perfectly. When the pastor turned to heal the third man, the guy put his hands up and he cried defensively. Don't touch me! I'm collecting long-term disability. (laughs) You see, some people, they just don't want to be healed. They just don't want the blessing that's waiting for them. But that's not really what I want to talk about today. We're going to talk about the facts that some of us carry the memory of our past and our present sins even though they've been forgiven and we carry them everywhere we go. But the truth of the matter is that God has promised to forgive confessed sins. Psalm 103 and verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins from us. Micah 7.19 says, You will be merciful to us once again. You will trample our sins underfoot and send them to the bottom of the sea. Isaiah 44.22 says, I have taken away your wrongdoing like a dark cloud and your sins like a fog. Return to me, for I have bought you and set you free. So why do I still remember them? That is my sin. Why do I still remember my sins? If God has really taken them to the ocean floor, if He's really swept them away like a fog, if He's really removed them as far as the east is from the west, then why do I remember them? 
Why do they haunt me? Remembering my sins reminds me of a story by Edgar Allan Poe, The Tell-Tale Heart. The Tell-Tale Heart, in which the main character committed murder. Unable to escape that haunting guilt of his deed, he begins to hear the heartbeat of the victim that he had buried in his basement. A cold sweat covers our character as he hears the beat, beat, beat of a heart that goes on relentlessly. Ultimately, the heartbeat drives the man absolutely mad, not knowing that it was not coming from the body in the basement, but from the heart within his own chest. But I want to get something perfectly clear here this morning. God does not remove our sins. He's promised to do that, and He, and he does. Excuse me. I said God does not. God does remove our sins. He promised it. He does do it. But what He hasn't promised to do is to take the memory of those sins away. Now stay with me. We sometimes lump forgiving and forgetting together. According to Scripture, God's able to do that, but it doesn't say we are. Robert Jeffress put it this way, and I quote, Forgetting is a function of the brain. Forgiving is a function of the spirit. Chuck Lynch wrote a book entitled, I Should Forgive, But... That's a great title, isn't it? I Should Forgive, But... And he reports, listen to this, that all memories are stored in the brain by electronic impulses and by chemical transference. Messages are sent simultaneously from nerve to nerve, both electronically and chemically. Memory is not a spiritual function. It's a biological function. Our brain can store at least 600 memories a second. That works out to be about 1.5 trillion bits of information by the time we reach 75 years of age. So why is it that we can't even remember our own names? The simple point is, we're not wired to forget. We're not wired to forget. Honestly, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because as we remember our forgiven sins... They can either work for us or work against us. What happens if we aren't careful is that we allow the remembrances of our sins to weigh us down. But the positive side of that remembering of my past sins is to show how far I've come and how far God's brought me. Amen? See, it's not a bad thing to remember. I have a scar on my, in, on my finger right here. I have no knowledge of how that scar got there, but it's a burn. I, I can tell you it's a burn. Anybody that has been burned can look at that thing, my finger and go, you've been burned right there. I can, I'll bet you a dime to a dollar that I went in to touch a hot stove and my mother jumped on me and said, don't you do that. And then when she turned around as big and as loud and boisterous and as tough as I am, I reached up and touched that hot stove with my finger. Only to do what? Oh, no, I wasn't going to scream. I'll show you, mother. I'll show you. I bet I scream. Bloody murder, I scream. Tears running down my face, I scream. 
And I bet she pulled out that little old bottle with the, with the skull on it, that curacrome, that methylate. That's ugly stuff. She just pulled that little bitty bottle out, any bigger than this. She'd just pull that little dauber out and then she'd dab it on there. Man, it's like hell coming on your finger. Ow! <laughs> any of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, now they got the stuff you spray on it, you know, and clouds show up. You know? Man, that stuff, that's evil. Satan put that on the earth, man. I'm sure she dabbed that on there or something. But anyway, I've got this scar. I have no memory of this scar, but I have a visual rem- reminder that it's there. Somehow I did something wrong that caused a scar to be on my finger. But forgetting is, is not such a bad thing. And what happens if we aren't careful is that we allow the remembrances of those sins, as I said before, to just simply weigh us down. In America, we have this narcissistic psychobabble ideology that says we're to always be happy and carefree and in love with ourselves. But nowhere in the Bible does it talk about forgiving yourself. Nowhere. The Bible, the idea of forgiving ourselves in the Bible isn't there. It might come from Oprah, but it doesn't come from your word. It can come from your God. And I want us to look at one person in Scripture, a Bible heavyweight as I call him, a Bible pro. His name was Paul. I would say he was pretty successful in his walk with God. And he spoke freely of the memory of his past sins. So evidently, he learned what it means in 2 Corinthians 10.5 to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So let me lay this burden at the cross of Christ, this idea of the bag of sin that you had in the first slide. What if we just take that over and lay it at the foot of the cross? And let's leave our sin over there. Isn't that where we're supposed to leave it? But let's take it and leave it over there. And when we get through this morning, I don't want you to come back up and pick it up and take it out with you. Just leave it over there. We're going to leave it over there for right now. So let's lay it over there. Those past memories, those past sins, let's put them over there at the, at the foot of the cross. Because see, really, it's a matter of guilt versus grace. What's the result of guilt? Number one, guilt kills my spiritual life. I can't have a meaningful relationship with God if I'm always feeling guilty about sin. Especially sin that He's already forgiven. According to Psalm 38 and verse 4, it says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. It says that they hid from God. The guilt of their sin caused them to run and to hide. And when I'm feeling guilty about stuff, I don't want to have anything to do with God. Amen? You talk to people say, I don't need to go to church. That's for the women and the kids. I don't need to go. Okay? Don't go. Don't go. But the, the longer you stay separated from the fellowship of believers the easier and the more susceptible you are to the attacks of the devil. The evil one will come when you're most susceptible. And you will become calloused and hardened when the Holy Spirit tries to come and to deal with you in the areas of sin in your life. You will be so hardened in those areas that you don't want to ever hear him again. You won't hear him anymore. Because you've calloused it over. You've hardened it over. Because of your inability and your lack of desire to fellowship just with the believers of Christ. You see, I, I love coming to church, don't you? I love to see you guys. You love seeing each other. Dan does the hugging howdy, and what are you doing? You're just handshaking, you're loving, you're talking. Preacher's trying to give announcements, you're still hugging and talking. 
Didn't your mother ever tell you that if somebody's trying to talk up front, sit down and be quiet? No, not y'all. Evidently, hey, how y'all doing all that? They're just going at it. And that's okay. That's all right. Because for some of us, we don't see each other but once a week. Isn't that right? And so we've got to, get, got to get caught up a little bit. Praise God. But guilt will kill our spiritual life. Remember, 1 John 1, 9. He's faithful. He's just. He'll forgive you of that sin. Cleanse you from all unrighteousness if we do what? Confess that sin to Jesus. The second result of guilt is that guilt, uh, our focus of guilt is misplaced. Tell me who or what the focus is in this next sentence. I don't feel good about myself. What's the focus of that sentence? Me. How about this one? I can't seem to forgive myself. Me again. The focus is on ourself. Honestly, forgiveness isn't about you. It's about God. It's about God's goodness and holiness and His ability to forgive. Acts 17 and verse 28 says, For in Him we live and move and exist. It's like the man who entered the restaurant and sat down on one of the stools at the counter and the, the waiter brought him a glass of water. And the customer then immediately threw the water into the waiter's face. Quickly grabbing a napkin, the customer helped the waiter dry off and apologized profusely. And he said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I have this compulsion to do this. I fight it, but I don't know what to do about it. And the waiter said, you better get hold of that problem. You better take care of that problem. Because I'm going to tell you, tell you one thing. I'm going to remember you. And if you ever come in here again and ask for water, you ain't getting it from me. Well, the man left and he went back to the restaurant a few months later. And he asked the waiter, same waiter, for a glass of water, but he refused to bring it. And the man explained that he had been seeing a psychiatrist and that his problem was solved. Well, the waiter felt convinced, and so he said, all right, I'll, I'll bring you some water. So he brought him some water, and the man took the glass of water and once again just threw it in his face. And the waiter was dumbfounded, and he stepped back astonished, and he said, I thought you were cured. I thought you were cured. And the man said, I am. I still do it. But I just don't feel guilty anymore about doing it. <laughs> See, we aren't called to have a selfish focus. We're called to have a Jesus focus. Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says, Let us keep looking to Jesus. Our faith comes from Him. And He is the one who makes it perfect. Isn't that a powerful verse? If then our focus is on Jesus and if we have the choice to take every thought captive, then remembering our sins can have some advantages. Notice I said remembering them, not dwelling on them. Uncaptured thoughts might lead us into more sin, but when we remember the things that we've done, there are some advantages. And let, me, let, let me give you just a few. Number one, it creates a thankful spirit within me. Paul wrote to a young friend in 1 Timothy 1 when he said, I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because He considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry. One who was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man. Understanding something, the man writing this is perhaps the greatest missionary that's ever uh, lived for the cause of Christ. But as a young man, he was called Saul. And Saul was a devout follower of Judaism. He loved the rules of the Old Testament. He was so passionate and zealous 
for the Jewish faith that he was willing to do anything within his power to preserve it. And he stood uh, and he understood how big a threat to his belief system Christianity was because many people were turning to Jesus as the Messiah that these Jews were looking for and awaiting. So Paul gained official orders to go around trying to find Christians so that he could give them what they deserved and throw them into jail. He aggressively persecuted followers of Christ. Acts 8.3 says, Saul, however, was ravaging the church and he, was, and he would enter house after house, drag off men and women and put them in prison. He did all of that. All of that under the disguise that he was doing what God had called him to do. So the next time you want to get mad at a, a ra- radical Muslim follower, you need to understand that they have been brainwashed to believe that's what God wants them to do. You've got to get to their heart. See, a Muslim can never be forgiven. Go study, go study their religion. They can never be forgiven. They can never be forgiven. We can. And we are. Amen. <laughs> Paul or Saul's blasphemy consisted of denying that Jesus was God. He was a religious man, but he just wasn't a man after God's own heart. And here in 1 Timothy, he's, Paul's heart is singing out in thanksgiving, even though he used to be quite separated from God. Can you remember the time when you used to not be close to God? Can you remember that time? <clears throat> I remember them. I remember my dark days, don't you? I don't ever want to forget my dark days. Why? Because I want, to, I want to remember how God brought me from that pit to the mountaintop again. He does it all the time. He does it all the time. We have to decide if we're going to stay in the pit or come to the mountaintop. But praise God. Praise God. He keeps bringing me to the mountaintop. He never leaves me alone. He always lifts me up in my darkest hour. He always loves me. Well, nobody else will. It's really important for us to remember that we all have a great debt that we owe to God. And He's wiped the the slate clean. We've been forgiven. And it's okay to remember from whence we have come. Never forget from whence you've come. Why do we have this table of communion? So we will remember every time we take communion of what Jesus did for us. If it gets to be mundane, you better check, you better check your relationship with Christ at the door. If it gets routine, you better find out why you feel it's routine. Well, we take it every week, preacher. That's just too, that's just too often. Oh, no, I can't take it enough. I cannot remember what He did for me enough. They're already trying, the, 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 the liberals are already trying to change the history books to say that America was the cause of September 11th happening. It was America's fault that those planes flew into those towers. And what ludicrous mind would say that bombs were planted in the, in the, in the Twin Towers and caused them to fall? Did they not see airplanes fly into those buildings? Was that just a mirage to watch airplanes fly into those Buildings? And the people on those planes perished? Was that just happenstance? So when they stand up and say, Jesus isn't going to come back. Hmm. But what if they're wrong? 
That's when you and I can grin real big. Because faith will take us there. Amen? It's all right to remember. We should remember. Just remember from whence you have come. And look how much God has done in your life. Look what He's blessed you with. Oh. <laughs> As my dear brother Dudley would say, Oh. Second advantage we have in remembering our sins is that it keeps us grounded. It's hard to get a big head when you remember how bad you used to be. See, I used to be a bad boy. Somebody asked me one time, said, man, preacher, you shouldn't, you shouldn't know how to play pool like that. I said, I haven't been a preacher all my life. <laughs> I used to make money playing pool. I had my own cue, cue stick. I'd pull out my case, and I'd screw that pearl handle in. I won it. I won that cue stick. I'd screw it together, boy. You know, That's impressive when you're standing there just screwing that thing together. And that guy on the other end is going, hmm. He's got that one that's got a wave in. Not mine, boy. Just straight as it can be. Mm. Balanced in the handle. Mm. I used to make good money doing that. My son said, me, going, I never heard that before. Oh, Dad's a gambler. I ain't been a preacher all my life. I ain't been a preacher all my life. You see, but I need to remember that. I need to remember from whence I've come. I need to remember those dark valleys. I need to remember the dark days. I need to remember... January 31st, 1970, at 8.30 in the morning when the preacher was sitting in my house t t talking to me about the Lord. And he said, I need to come forward the next day on Sunday to, to accept Christ. And I said, no, I don't go in front of people. <laughs> don't tell God you don't go in front of people. So I told him. I said, preacher, I don't do that. He goes, well, we'll just do it today. I said, sure, yeah, we'll do it on Saturday. Right. Preachers don't work on Saturday. Well, he's sitting in my house. What do you, you know, 16, you don't think about too many things. But anyway, I knew the Spirit of God was there. So at 10.30 that morning, I was at the church, went into the water grave of baptism, and I've never looked back. But I've never forgotten that day. I've never forgotten that day. As Don Baker says, that's the day I drew the line in the sand and said, I'm, 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 I'm stepping over the line, and this is it. I ain't coming back. But I need to remember from whence I come. I was a sinner. I was going to hell without the saving grace of God in my life. And I needed it and I found it. And hallelujah. Has it been perfect ever since? Oh, Lord. James and Sue Watson were talking one day and James or Sue said, James, if Harold ever starts talking, he knows so much about us, we're going to have to kill him. <laughs> because you see, we've all got pasts that we just didn't forget. Amen? But you know, it's good to have them to show how far God's brought us. Keeps us grounded. First uh, Timothy 1.15, this, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them. Third advantage of remembering our sins is that it can be used as an example for others. First Timothy 1.16, But I received mercy because of this, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus, might demonstrate the utmost patience as an example to those who would believe in Him for eternal life. You've watched those infomercials, haven't you? The guy says, I lost 45 pounds and I slept. And, and it was the sleep away pills. Jeff, go back to that uh, uh, slide earlier. That forgiven all. Can you find that one? Did, did, it make the, did it make the list? It's back up toward the front. It may not have come. Yeah, there it is. There you go. Extra strength, forgiven all. Easy to swallow. 
the medicine you need. Warning, side effects include freedom from guilt, reduced tension, increased joy, spontaneous laughter, love for your fellow human, eternal life, and an urge to tell others the wonderful news. Now, wouldn't it be great if you could just take a pill and pow, you've got forgiveness going all over your life. Hey, that'd be great. But you and I know that doesn't work. And it doesn't erase away. And it doesn't go away. It stays with us. Today's generation want people who are real. They don't want plastic. They don't want uh, uh, mannequin-esque believers who act like their lives are perfect and they never have problems. It's important that we share our struggles and our hurts. It's important that we know people are struggling. Paul was a guy who had every right to be proud of God's accomplishments through him. And yet, yet, he is saying in our verse we just read that he's the worst of sinners. He's saying if it worked for me, it can work for you. The fourth advantage we have is it keeps my focus on God and not on me. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So the question of the hour is this. How can I forgive myself? Is this forgiving yourself really, uh, is it really the goal that we need? If remembering, if remembering makes me more thankful, more humble, more real, and more focused on God, then I want to remember. I need to remember. I'm going to close again with a video clip I want you to watch. And I want you to listen. Be sure and turn the volume up, John. by, he told the man to meditate, to purify his mind, and when he reached Nirvana, all suffering would cease. The man did as he was told, but he remained in the hole. Another man appeared. He explained that the hole didn't exist, and neither, in fact, did the man. It was all an illusion. The man who did not exist was still stuck in the hole that was not there. Another visitor arrived. He instructed the man to perform good deeds to improve his karma, and though he would still die in the hole, he might be reincarnated as something magnificent. Another man looked down from above. He taught the man to pray five times a day facing east and to follow five important tenets. If he was faithful, one day, perhaps, the divine would set him free. The man prayed as best he could, but he was losing strength, and in the hole he remained.
other man appeared. There was something different about him. He called down to the man in the hole and asked him if he wanted to be free.
Five o'clock if you're interested in for the singing. Yeah. just gave me a verse I'm folding my chair is that good? alright well some black morning when this life is over I'll fly away to Mongoloid Celestial Shore I'll fly away I'll fly away oh glory I'll a few more weary days and then I'll fly away to where joy shall never end I'll fly away I'll fly away oh glory I'll fly away in the morning when I die hallelujah by and by I'll fly away I fold my chair, I'll fly away. Yay. 